What is the best university ever? Welcome to Iowa, where you can write your own story. Choose from over 200 areas of study, including a dozen programs ranked in the top 10. Roll up your sleeves and try something new. You never know where it might take you. This story is written, directed, and produced by you. Learn more at uiowa.edu. Yes, 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 people, we're back again. Perhaps on TV, reporting fresh out of London, bringing you the best in boxing. Uh, slightly packed weekend, last weekend just gone, but looking forward to kicking it down with you guys today. Um, packed agenda, uh, not the massive amount of fights in terms of the name and prestige, but just some good technical fights. Um, and looking forward to breaking those down. First on the agenda is going to be the preview with the Warren card, which is Yard, Dubois and uh, Liam Williams. Also going to get into the review of the Next Gen Management show, which had Jordan Gill and Anthony Sims Jr. featuring Rick Paul. Um, and we're also going to k- get into the Bivol versus Smith uh, Jr., as well as uh, that, that the undercard on that show. So I'm here with my co-host, Rafi. How you doing, sir? Yeah, not too bad, sir. How about yourself? Not too bad, not too bad. Yeah, and um, looking forward to uh, another weekend of boxing uh, coming up. And mm-hmm. obviously, there's a massive fight with Bivol. Yeah. And uh, Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. And um, off the back of that, of course, Royal Abbott Hall um, in the doldrums for a while with regards to boxing specifically, but mm-hmm. back again at Royal Abbott Hall too. Good, good, good. Um, and obviously we had the Canelo Jacobs press conference. So that's just about to, that's concluded. So looking forward to getting into that. Um, but guys, listen, we've got a guest with us in the studio today. Um, really happy to have this guy in the studio with us. Um, Boxing promoter, boxing manager, has got an exciting stable, currently managing a, a world champion. Uh, he's from my neck of the woods as well, so overly proud that he represents in that front. For that front. Um, here with Mickey Amul of Streetwise Management. Thank you very much for joining us, Mickey. It's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, listen, I guess the best thing is just to kick off um, in terms of finding out a bit about yourself. Um, what's your professional background? What got you into the sport of boxing? Are you a fan? How, what's your story? Well, everybody's a fan of boxing. I mean, yeah. boxing is the sport a sport aspires to be. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go to a boxing show, everybody wants to be ringside. Everyone wants to be front and centre. So, yeah, I've, obviously I'm a boxing fan first and foremost. Um, but it wasn't my first um, foray into business. I was in the car industry previously. And it was a chance meeting with a young fighter. Mm-hmm. who recently just won a Commonwealth title, uh, Philip Bowes. Um, it was a chance meeting uh, yeah. coming out of a barber's. <laughs> as you do. And, yeah, as you do. As you do. And, uh, he <laughs> Dave was, referenced there. Yeah. <laughs> and he was an uh, amateur boxer at the time. And mm-hmm. I really didn't know much about the boxing business at that time. This was going back 12, 13 years. And um, he asked me for a job. Mm. He knew that I had, a, had my own car, car uh, firm. And he asked me for a job. And... Um, I said, well, what, what are you doing now? And he said, well, I'm a boxer. Mm. I said, why don't you want to continue boxing? He said, there's no money. I'm an amateur boxer. There's no money. And mm. I said, but what do you want to do? Do you want to be a professional? Do you mm. want to do you want to reach the pinnacle of boxing? What do you want mm. to do? And he said, yeah, I want to. Oh, that's what I want to be. I said, well, if that's the case, then 
look, you know what I mean? You've got to follow your dreams. You can't just give up on them. You've got to mm. follow your dreams. So I said to him, look, rather than me give you a job, I'll come and see you fight. And if I like you, I'll sponsor you. Mm. So I watched him and I liked him. So I started sponsoring him. Okay. And I sponsored him all the way till he won a national title in the amateurs. And then going around the amateur boxing scene, mm -hmm. and then I started to get the taste for this. And yeah. obviously I had to think about if I'm sponsoring this kid all the way up until he's a professional, mm. and then what's the benefit from me going to be? So yeah. I thought, you know what? Let me see what's happening in the, in the professional. How, how, how do you go about managing a kid, mm -hmm. you know, get, getting a professional license, doing all that kind of stuff? So I started getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it until I found myself up in front of the Boxing Board of Control, wow. you know what I mean, with an interview for a manager's license, yeah. you know? Well done. And, um, you know... Mad how it happened because you can't, you have to be licensed by the Boxing Board of Control mm. for three years in any other discipline before yes. you can have a manager's license. Yeah. But the specific year I went up, I had an agent's license, mm -hmm. I had a, which was a, a kind of matchmaker's license mm. now. And for that one year, yeah. you, there, you was allowed to have a license for one year. Wow. Not three years, for that. for that one year. So when I applied and when I went to my interview... Mm. They started asking me the questions. You sit in front of a panel of the board and they ask you questions about mm. managers. And one of the guys said, uh, but you've only had a license for a year, so mm. you don't qualify. Mm. And the chairman tapped him on the knee and said, uh, yeah, this, is, uh, this is only for this one year. Yeah. It was, uh, it's just happened that way that for this year, yeah. you have to have a, you, you, it's only one year. Fantastic. So he seemed, the guy seemed to be a bit taken aback by that. And he said to me, well, if that's the case, and he looked at me dead in the eye, mm. you better make sure you get all these answers correct. Mm. Otherwise, you ain't coming back for another two years. Oh, wow. Wow. And he was serious. Yeah, you know? He looked, it looked like eye. he didn't want me to get this yeah, license. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that was it. I was under pressure from there on in, and they started firing questions from all angles. But yeah. lo and behold, I got my license, and away we I mean, went. What, you know? what are the type of questions that, that, that they would ask you? Yeah? Just, just you... You get a, there's a rules book, mm -hmm. you know, and, yeah. and, one, and manager is one of the most important, if not the most important um, licensing in boxing because it's the buffer between you and the promoter and the boxer. Your main priority is to look after the boxer's welfare, his health and safety, his business, everything, you know. And yeah. so therefore you have to be of standing character to be able to have that position, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah. it's very important. So they just ask you general things about, you know, what, what do you have to do for your boxer? Do you have to get him fights? you have to make sure that he's fit? you make sure he's training? Mm -hmm. All those things that you need to do in uh, in order to to charter your boxer's career through yeah. the, you know I mean, the boxing um, yeah, so, landscape. Okay, no, good, good, good. Um, it's interesting you touched on that there are a few obstacles you faced. Would you be able to elaborate and shed some light on those? Well, in, in management. In, uh, in management specifically. In obstacles, in a sense, from managing, going to where I am today. The acceleration of your path, what you believe it should have been and what it's actually been. It's, you know, boxing is a small community, a very yeah. small community, and everybody knows everybody. And from my experience, and I can only speak from my experience, if you don't conform to, you know, the hierarchy so to speak right then you're somehow considered maybe a troublemaker maybe someone who, sh who shouldn't be coming into the sport maybe someone who 
who thinks that he knows something that you don't know. Right. And it can make it very difficult for you in yeah. terms of um, getting through certain things and getting your boxers on certain shows and, and, and so forth and so forth, which I found, I, I've been lucky in a sense that my best friend in boxing, me, is Steve Goodwin. And me and Steve Goodwin started at the same time. Yeah. He started promoting and I started managing at the same time over 10 years ago. And if it wasn't for him, I don't think that I would have been able to achieve what I've achieved in boxing. Yeah. Because he was my outlet for my boxers. You know, he, he, he's always, without question, accommodated me in whatever I need as a promoter. Right. You know, which other promoters, it's been difficult for me to get on that landscape, to get on that uh, table in, in terms of getting my boxers on shows. But Steve has always accommodated <coughs> me. So, therefore, I've been lucky in that sense because I guarantee I know for a fact how hard it is for, for f managers, especially I would say there are very few black managers in, in the sport of boxing. Yes. Very few. Um, I know of one or two, but that's about it in the sport of boxing. So it's it's not easy in terms of promoting your fighters and people saying, yeah, we're going to put your fighter on a show. You know, there's, right. there's always... And, and look, it's, I mean, there's always that hidden kind of question is he okay we you know can we do business with him you know mm. you see the eyes you see how people look Such at you undertones. Um, but yeah, yeah you see him and they're there i mean look football has got it all over the football is a sport that is generally seen as being how could it be yeah but an all-inclusive sport yeah but yeah, yeah look at it today it's plastered everywhere you know to the point it's been plastered by england international footballers so what lesser sports where haven't got the profile of football, yeah. haven't got the outlet of such a massive sport, mm -hmm. you know, if it's there, you know. 100%. It's interesting how you touch on footballers specifically, and I'm assuming you're alluding to the Raheem Sterling saga that's been um, quite prevalent recently. Yeah. In light of that, mm -hmm. do you feel that similarities, if, if racism is being seen to have been able to penetrate a sport as widespread as and inclusive as football, mm -hmm. do you think that almost makes it not an impossible, but definitely an uphill struggle for something like boxing in contrast to the size of football? In, when, you, when things are put underground, when you go so far left as that people cannot say certain things... Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to get the real person out, you know? Right. It's very difficult. When people can't say certain words, it's generally hard to know what they're actually talking or talking about, what they're meaning, mm -hmm. you know? We've pushed this political correctness so far left mm. that we really, no one really knows what's going on. Yeah. No one there's really no knows. There's no dialogue as well. There's no dialogue. No one really yeah. knows what's going on. You can't speak about it because yeah. if, you, if you speak about it, you're offending somebody, yeah. you know, and if you don't speak about it, you're not speaking up for somebody. somebody. Yeah. So wh where are we? I yeah. mean, like I said, I mean, look, they're applauding Raheem Sterling. But mm. come on, Raheem Sterling, yeah. 2019, yeah. you know? What he's going through. What he's going be. through, you know, and they're applauding him. But... Why did it take a, a, a young English footballer to, 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 to come up and say that before the actual hierarchy, before yeah. the people actually realised that they was doing it themselves anyway? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Do you think that in the case of someone like Raheem, who has a massive profile being a first-team footballer for Manchester City and an England international, of course, do you think that 
his profile made it a lot easier to put the image across. Whereas in boxing, if Anthony Joshua aside, a black boxer, not of the quite of the Anthony Joshua level, but a sub tier, made a similar sort of statement. Do you think it would have anywhere near the kind of impact as it would with someone like Raheem Sterling? Definitely not in the industry. Definitely not because you know how many white, how many sorry black prominent boxers do we have at that level at the Anthony Joshua level you know and let's be honest about it I'll break no bones about it if you look at the other black fighters coming through Mm. you know do they want to upset the apple cart where they're at you know because they want to reach the levels of Anthony Joshua you know so okay granted Ryan Sterling is there Mm. so if he can stay there's nothing anyone can take from him but when you're trying to climb the ladder you know what do you, can you say it? Mm. You know, and if you do say it, what repercussions is it going to have for you in the future? In the future, not even in the future, at present. Yeah, because boxing is a sport that month by month, yeah. day by day, you get a fight. Yeah, you know, mm. then you might not get a fight for another year. Yeah, you know what happens then yeah. to your career? And yeah. it's such a small and short career. Yeah, the you know it's again going back to not being able to speak, not mm. being able to openly discuss. You know it people shy away from it because yeah. most people are out for themselves they get their little niche and they don't want to upset the apple cart yeah. unfortunately which is, which is a shame man. so do you think it was counterproductive what Sterling did I think as, it was well, re- as it was well intended I think it was very productive of what he did I think yeah. you have to you, you know I mean you have to bring it out in the open I mean again for a young black footballer to come out and say this and then the sad thing about it mm. the sad thing about it is that then the press admitted it. Mm. Then they admitted it. Yeah, they knew life. they yeah. knew that they was doing wrong. Mm. So hang on a minute. You knew that you, you was doing wrong. wrong, and had he not said <clears> it, you would have continued to do, do it. it. Exactly. And most likely still will. And yeah, most likely still, still will. I mean, there was Which, yesterday that the newspaper awards they came out. I think they won an award. The Daily Daily Mail, Mail, they won an award. How can you you win an award? How can you give someone an award when they've found out, they've been found to be... They're culpable for culpable all of the for, image, for, for the image that they've been portraying Ryan, Ster- yes, Ryan Sterling for, yes. and you give them an award. Yeah. What does that say? Exactly. And but, even though in their acceptance speech they had said, "Oh, we'll look into ourselves," but who's really going to be measuring them? Who's had, going to judge them? Yeah. Had they been, had they been proper mm. people, had yeah. they been honest and just with themselves, yeah. they wouldn't have accepted the award. Yeah. They would have said, "Sorry, but we are not of the caliber of taking that award because yeah. we have been seen." to be doing something that is not acceptable in today's society. Yeah. You know, and until we are seen as yeah. acceptable yeah. to be doing that in today's society, yeah. let someone else take the yeah. award. Yeah. But they right. wasn't. They, they, they took it that. and apologised. A little apology. Under the carpet. And, you know, and they carry week. on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you heard. But I mean, I do want get, to get, get onto some of the boxing. Um, and I think it's only right to start with probably one of the, the, the slightly biggest names in the stable, Richie Comey. Yeah. Fantastic win, uh, probably what, just under a month ago now. Over in the States, he's travelled over, up and down, um, fighting to get this opportunity. I just want to ask, what, how did you guys meet? You know, what did you see in him that made you say, you know what, this guy can become a pro boxer and a champion as well, if, if you did see that? Um, yeah, well, it was in 2010, mm-hmm. August 2010. Yeah. And I took my three sons to Ghana. Yeah. Uh, it, was on, it was a holiday. It was mm-hmm. my birthday's in August, my youngest son's birthday's in August. And I, so I took three boys out. My yeah. middle son, Michael, was an amateur boxer. He mm-hmm. just won a national title over wow. here. A very good boxer. Yeah. Um, as we was at Heathrow Airport mm-hmm. leaving, yeah. Michael gets a phone call yeah. asking him if he wants to fight 
at the Homawa Festival in mm. Bukum, Accra, mm. which is a festival they have every year mm-hmm. uh, in Bukum, Jamestown, where yeah. all the boxing fraternity yeah. live. And um, we got that called Heathrow Airport. We didn't know a gym. We didn't yeah. know anybody there. Okay, wow. Um, and Michael said, Dad, what do you think? I said, well, you've got your kit because you're going to be training out there. Do you want yes. to do it? He said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll just, no problem. So he said to the guy, no problem. When we get out there, yeah. someone's give us a number and we'll go to a gym. <laughs> yeah. So when we got out of there, three days into the holiday, we get some phone calls, mm-hmm. come down to Bookham, come down to this gym. Did you get your pass from the infamous Mr. Bookham? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't see him for a few years later. But, but uh, And then we um, we went into the gym, we went into, walked into this gym and it was mm. like, wow, this is an eye-opener. This mm. was like, you know, I've never seen a gym like it. Concrete floor, no mm. bags, one, one bag, you know, the ropes were in a metal pole and mm-hmm. for the ring. I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it mm. was, it was what you consider as the, one of the hardest gyms I've ever seen in my life, if mm. not the hardest gym. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was three weeks. We had a two week training that Michael had to do while we was there. And, mm-hmm. uh, every day we went back and Michael was training with Carl, Carl Loco, who was Richard's then trainer. Uh, and Richard was actually fighting in the festival. So Richard mm. was training alongside Michael. <laughs> And they were sparring. And Michael was a very, very good... He had just won a national title in okay, here. Well, yeah. So he was a very good boxer. Yeah. And Richard was absolutely, you know what I mean, laying it down, yeah. you know? Yeah. But what I noticed about Richard is every time I went back is that he would do... He was like a silent assassin, you know? Yeah. He, he, he would just do exactly what he was told. Mm. Do it to the best of his, his ability without no fuss... Mm. And he was the consummate, consummate professional, mm. you know, in terms of there was no airs and graces about him. He just yeah. worked and worked and worked. Mm. And every time we came back to the gym, came back to I kept, I just my eyes kept fixated on this young wow. kid in the corner. I said, nah, this kid is good. Mm. So anyway, the night of the festival came and Richard fought on a festival and mm-hmm. he fought one of the national title, one of the national guys who fought in the national team and mm. he absolutely mullered him. Wow. And I was like, nah, this kid's good. Yeah. But anyway... We came back home after the holiday, after three weeks, we came back home. And Carl, which trainer, went to the States. Mm-hmm. He went. He was doing some work in the United States. Yeah. But I couldn't get Richard out of my mind. I couldn't mm. get him out of my head. Yeah. This yeah. kid is good. This wow, kid he made a lasting impression. This kid is good. What, what can I do? Mm. What can I do? As someone who wants to... Who, who wants to, you know, be in boxing, wants to make a statement in boxing, wants to do something mm-hmm. that I can say that, yeah, I've started it from the bottom all the way to the top. Yeah. What can I do? So I phoned Carl in America. I said, Carl, mm. I said, look, I want to turn Richard pro. He only mm. had 12 amateur fights. Okay. I want to turn Richard pro. Yeah. Would you leave, if I paid, would you leave America to come back to mm. Ghana to train Richard? Yeah. And he said, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I said to him, I think he will be, I think he has the potential to be a world champion. Yeah. And Carl, he said, well, it's going to take a lot of work. Mm. But I'm Carl's up, worked I'm, with some guys yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. I'm up for it. So we've done that. And I just... And then it was it was the start of this mm. magical journey, yeah. this journey into the unknown, yeah. you know, yeah. total unknown mm. in terms of, all right, now I'm going to sign this kid. What am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and and it just, you know, when you when you get the bit between your teeth and you're enthusiastic about trying to achieve something, mm. and you start putting pieces together, mm. and when you start putting pieces together, you start to see how the boxing world works in terms of how you are perceived. Yes and how uh, a Ghanaian boxer is perceived and yeah. where his place is and where our place is and mm. everything, then you start to 
you want to figure out how you're going to work all this out, yeah, yeah. you know, and you have some, you have some good luck, you have some yeah. bad luck, but ultimately you, you, you're moving forward, mm. you're moving forward. And with Richard, it was just getting him fights in Ghana up until he had his first 11 fights yeah. then bringing him. I brought him to the UK after he had 11 fights, he had 11 fights, 11 stoppages. I didn't think that I, that was never in my, like 11 wins, 11 KOs. That yeah. was never in my thinking. You yeah, know, it was just selling it. No, I just yeah. thought he was going to be a good boxer. And I thought he had, well, <laughs> he had, I thought that he had an opportunity with his potential, with the mm. hard work, we mm. might get him to a world champion. But, yeah. you know, I didn't think he'd start knocking people out, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then um, I brought him to the UK and because I wanted to see how he would work, how mm. he would, out of his comfort zone in the UK and see how it worked. And he came over here and he'd done great. And then uh, it was just back and forth, back and forth on Steve Goodwin's shows. Yeah. And until we got the Commonwealth title against yes. Gary Buckland, yeah. you know. And yes. that, was, um, that was the start of really now going into that realms of being world ranked and mm-hmm. so forth and so forth. Getting that true recognition. Mm. Yeah, I think it's also worth noting that last week's guest was Lee Selby, who's a new entrant to the division. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. How yes. interested <laughs> would you be, given that it would be Sel- Selby's, not debut, but second fight at the weight, how interested would you be in that? Did you see the fight? I did. He don't look, he, personally, he doesn't look strong enough at the weight for me. You don't think his size is imposing? Or? I mean, uh, he jumped up two weights. Yeah. You're, you're jumping yeah. up two weights. You know, mm. naturally, you know, although he struggled to make, you know, featherweight, yes. you're jumping up two weights. You've got some guys, uh, Richard is a big lightweight. Mm. You know, as you can see in his, in his fights and what he's, in what he's achieved in his stoppages, he's a yeah. big lightweight, you know. So at, at those levels, you have to be careful, you know. Weight is a massive, massive factor, course, you know. And I think I think he's been out of the ring a long time, you know. I think if he's going to fight world championship level, mm. I think he's going to have to have two or three fights at that level to see whether he fits in, mm. or might or maybe have to drop down to super feather. Yeah, you know, but I, I mean, we of course we'd be interested in the fight. I mean, it, it would sell. He's a former world champion. It would, you know, yeah. and I, I, I'm, and then Richard would beat him ninety nine times out of a hundred. And yeah. domestically, that would just transform Richard's profile. Now in the UK, in the UK, yes, but then the UK, I'll be honest with you, um, it's been difficult, you know, to get Richard's profile up in the UK because mm. we've not yeah. had the opportunity for him to perform sure. on a, on one of the major platforms in the UK. You know, yeah. he wasn't really, um, we didn't get really any offers after we beat Gary Buckland for the Commonwealth title. Thought we might get some offers maybe to fight on one of the big major promoters shows, but we never did. No one really fancied him. So we, I mean, we, we ended up fighting in places like Denmark and Sweden, South Africa and, and you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and we never really got that opportunity for one reason or another. We just didn't get that opportunity. Yeah. And do you believe a victory against a Pedraza or a Selby is what's needed to catapult him domestically, given that he's played not a spare tyre, but a secondary role in that you I, don't... I, we, we, Richard fought in America on ESPN at nine o'clock in the evening on a Saturday night. Um, he fought in front of a million viewers mm. at home, yeah. uh, watching on TV. Yeah. Um, he's a world champion. He's the IBF world champion. He doesn't need to fight any of these yeah. to raise his profile. Mm. His profile is of a world champion. Yeah. yeah. You know, at the end of the day, and you know, some of these fighters that you're talking about uh, got great profiles here, mm. 
Yeah. But at right. the end of the day, Richard is now world champion. And there's an international element to it as well. If you think about it, like you teamed up with, I'm going to say top rank, or at least you fought on the last show, which was a top rank show. Uh, Richard's got that pedigree fighting in Russia, fighting against Robert Easter Jr. That was a very close fight. So for me, I think now it's all about elevating, right? And as much as the UK scene is great for the fans... I think actually, if you're a boxer, you really want to try and get more known in the states, right? Well, you want to have your name out there a lot more, getting as many cards as possible, and obviously become. To be quite honest, we've we we we've been treated a lot better in the mm. US than we have done in the UK. Yeah. In terms of look, Richard's had. Richard's had four fights in the US. Mm-hmm. One fight was a world title. No, five fights in the US. Should mm. I say his first fight was was. Um, Back in 2014, mm-hmm. I think Mama Janov in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got the call. We just we just won the um, Commonwealth title, defended the Commonwealth title in South Africa. Yeah, and we got the call. Do we want to fight in June in yeah. um, Las Vegas? <laughs> I always promised myself as yeah. a manager, as I promised myself that I would never go to Vegas. Until I had a fighter fighting in Vegas. Okay. Yeah, Little yeah, did yeah. I know that it would come so soon in my <laughs> managerial career because yeah. it was, I had friends go to Vegas, you know, you'd get, you know, weekends and weeks on Vegas. And, and I used to say, no, I'm not going, I'm not going. I'm not going. even tempted yeah. for the big I, fights? I, I, not even for the big fights because I wanted one of my fighters. Yeah, I like that. I like that mindset. So that was my, that was mm. my thing, you know? Yeah. I couldn't believe it when we got the call. It was unbelievable. And it was a, it was a, it was a promotion that by uh, Roy Jones Jr. And um, we got to fight in, in this hotel car park. Mm. It was a car park. And overnight, they transformed it into a boxing arena. It was right. un... <laughs> we had this... I mean, we'd just been in South Africa, and before yeah. you knew it, we was in Vegas, Jeez. you know? What, and he fought, he fought on TV, coast to coast, you know, at nine o'clock on CBS Sports. And it was a fantastic achievement. He won the fight, you know, and we was brought in as the opponent. Mm. And Richard stopped him in the eighth round, you yeah. know. So it was a great fight. Then the, his Richard's next fight, again, was against um, Robert Easter Jr. Uh-huh. was a great world fight. championship fight on PB, on a PBC card. Yep. He got PBC round of the year. Yep. And it was a great fight. I mean, speaking I believe, to Eamon as well, I know you've got a lot of respect Afterwards, in terms of like yeah. the, the Robert Easter's fans, oh, were they, like comedians. Um, they, yeah, yeah, they clapped yeah. us in back into the hotel. They yes. filled the hotel, and it was fantastic. And he got a tremendous amount of respect in American media for mm. for that fight. Even though it was a split decision lost, I thought we won the fight. Yeah. But I the can understand round, the twelve round, and was, I can understand the po- boxing yeah. politics. Robert Easter being the home fighter, it exactly. being a PBC show, mm-hmm. I could understand why he got the decision. I thought he deserved. At least a draw, you know, but hey ho, that's boxing. Yeah. You know, that was the second fight in the States. And now, when we sign with Lou DiBella, who's been absolutely fantastic, got Richard the right opportunities at the right time. We mm-hmm. had to fight in Texas, mm-hmm. where he went and stopped a 22 and 0 undefeated fighter. Yeah. Again, that was live on a PBC show on TV. Everyone yeah. saw that. Then we fought, he was on another PBC card, even mm-hmm. though it was on the undercard, it was a warm up fight prior mm-hmm. to his. Um, his fight with uh, Shaniev, yep. you know, uh, and then Shaniev was live on ESPN. Yeah. So Richard's Richard's name is out there in yeah, America. 100%. He's he's got a lot of fans now, yeah. and his and his name is right out there. And with the, um, I mean, just on the Shaniev performance, um, uh, for me, I remember going into that fight thinking it's tough because you felt Shaniev was going to be tight as one of these Russians, Eastern Europeans, tough, a real punch. And I was thinking, yeah, this is going to be a real challenge, you know, just because he only had a 12, 11 fights yeah. didn't mean he wasn't accomplished. But for me, I felt he brought a challenge to Komi and Komi took it straight back to him. 
because well, I felt he threw a few threw interesting punches and I was thinking, yeah. he's probably going to be able to hang with this guy, but yeah. he just well, planted his feet and gave it me. One of Richard's best attributes yeah. is he can take a shot. Yeah. He can take a massive shot yeah. and it won't phase him whatsoever. Mm. You know, and I, I was lucky enough to meet Andre Rosier uh, in Leicester mm-hmm. uh, a few years back uh, when Richard was... Um, was looking to try something new mm. and I was, he asked me to have a look at for a trainer so mm. Andre Rosier who trains Danny Jacobs and yeah, a few other trainers really, yeah. yeah uh he was in Leicester a few years ago and mm. I had a conversation with someone and someone said to me he'd be up there going to speak to him so mm. I drove up to Leicester yeah. and um I had a good chat with him and um and we got on really well yeah and he seemed Richard is a very quiet guy he's mm. very He's, very, he's an introverted, quiet, likes to be on his own. Yeah. So I needed the right character yeah. to get the best out of Richard. Yeah. Not to crowd Richard, not to not to force him to do things that he doesn't want to do, but just mm-hmm. to understand him. And Andre is absolutely fantastic at mm. that. And so it was just a, a seamless transition is to send Richard to America from Ghana. Mm. Uh, Andre took him in and since then Richard has he's improved 30% as a wow. fighter. And, and now he's won the world title. He's improved another twenty percent. Yeah, you know, Richard is going to be, you know, people have no by far not seen the best of Richard yeah. yet. And Andre is stating, and he's gone on record stating that he will make Richard one of the pound for pound best in the world. That's what we want to hear because he's got every attribute yeah. to be that fighter. Yeah, you know? and yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Sorry, can't remember. No, it's um, it's interesting you mentioned the pound for pound list. If you could map out. And again, as much as you can say, yeah. a two to three year plan for Richard. When do you believe he will hit his prime? Um, I think in another two years. At what division? Richard will be a multi a multi weight world champion. I haven't yeah. got no. Listen, as my, as as I'm sitting here today yeah. talking to you yeah. about a kid that I saw in 2010 yeah. Yeah. that I said would be a world champion, yeah. believe me now when I yeah. say that he is a world champion today and he'll be a multiple, multiple weight, weight. weight champion. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Because if I could see that then, surely my eyes must tell me something. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So lightweight's yeah. definitely yeah. not the ceiling. Definitely not, 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. That's 100%. Because, you know, he, Richard has been ducked all his career. Mm. He's been ducked. He's still being ducked now, even though he's the world champion. Yeah. Do you hear anyone calling out Richard's name? Everyone champions. wants to call out Lomachenko. Yeah. Everyone wants yeah. to call out Mikey Garcia. But do you yeah. ever hear anyone calling out since Richard has won the world title? No. Has anyone said, I want to fight Richard Comey? Yeah. No, I agree with you. And you're talking about, I think, what? To, uh, who else is in the division there's t- tons of guys loads, that, loads of guys I mean, Campbell supposedly if you really wanted it if you, do you know really, what I mean there's loads yeah. there's loads in, in fact Richard had to Richard was asked to vacate his Commonwealth title in mm. order to facilitate Luke, Luke Campbell, Campbell. Mm, when Luke Campbell won it we did show an offer to say can we get the offer to, to, to fight you back for it yeah um, didn't hear nothing didn't yeah. hear nothing <laughs> So yeah, um, and and how is Richie doing now? I know he I heard he had surgery after. No, he didn't have no surgery. It was, it was just um, it was just a slight tendon okay. tendon issue, which uh, the doctors said in America he needs six weeks rest. Okay, you know, Good. so he's resting. He's back in Ghana. He had a great reception back home. I was going to say, please talk to us about that. Yeah, I've seen it, the footage. It, it was amazing. You know, we we. I went out there a day early, so I went because mm. Richard was coming from America. So yeah. I went out there on a Wednesday, and Richard landed on a Thursday. Yeah, and we was waiting for him at the airport with the sports minister, the head of G- the GBA, the Ghana Boxing Authority, and mm-hmm. it was just it, 
it was just mayhem, you yeah, know. Yeah, the people came to the airport, and then from the airport, he was in a the convoy of cars and yeah. motorbikes and a, and a police escort through the streets of Accra oh, all the way to Bukum, <laughs> and these people came out to cheer their guy yes, home. You know, you're, yeah. you're looking at you're looking at. I mean, one of the poorest places you'll ever see in yeah. the world, you know. Yeah. And these people came out, and mm. it, you know, I, I, I was. To, it was difficult to take it all in because mm. you know. Nine years prior, we was just I was just on a holiday in there into gym, yeah. looking at a kid, and then it's taken us that long, yeah. and to, to to see it all come full circle. Mm. And Richard, you know, he was on top of the car and he looked at me and it was we looked at each other and it's like, wow, yeah. you know, has, yeah. Has, has, yeah. have we really done this? Has yeah. this yeah. really happened? <laughs> all these people, and then we turned around and then Joshua Clotty was. Clambering on yeah, a wall, yeah. screaming and shouting yeah, and waving everyone, like that. Yeah. You know, it was unbelievable. It was everyone unbelievable. was backing. I mean, even I remember after the Kwame, and that was a loss, the reception he received after the yeah. Kwame yeah. defeat. And I was yeah. like, yeah, this guy, the people are backing him. Yeah. I just yeah. want him to, like like you guys, I just want him to win a world title. And to yeah. see that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, with the Ghanaian talents at the moment, obviously there's Richard and Josh Boatsi. Do yeah. you believe that? Obviously, you'll be backing your man, but those two as a pair could put Ghana on the map. Well, Joshua Bratsy is he fights for Great Britain. Yeah. I think he was in the Great Britain Nationals. I think, yeah, yeah, because he was. Funny enough, Joshua yeah. Bratsy came to train at my gym, and first he was wow. going to fight for, or he was touted to fight for Ghana in oh, the wow. Commonwealth Games back in the day. And he mm. was with my gym along with wow. Duke Micah, <coughs> who I now manage in yeah, America, and, and, a, and a few others. Uh, Isaac Dogby. They, they yeah, was all yeah, came to my gym. Yeah, they yeah. all came to my gym in Loughton, and they was under the guise of a guy called Ray Quirkle, who was the sports ambassador in Ghana. Mm. And uh, and then, obviously, he went to fight for Great Britain, and he's done very, very well. Really, mm. really impressed with his progression. Um, but you have to... Um, see, with this Ghanaian thing, you have to relate to it. You know, yeah. the people have to see you relate to it yeah, yeah, in yeah. order for you to be a part of, mm. you know, in terms. So I think because he fights for Britain, credit to him, because he always puts a Ghanaian flag on his shorts, which is fantastic, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. credit to him. But you have to look at him in a different light as opposed mm. to Richard Comey, yeah, who, is, who is a full-blown Ghanaian and comes from Bukum, where, I don't know, it's an interesting fact that Bukum, this yep. small part of the world in Ghana, has, has created more world champions, champions per square foot than anywhere else on the yeah. planet. I was going to really say interesting. Than anywhere yeah. else on the planet. You talk about Azuma Nelson, Clotty, DK Poison, Joshua Clotty, yeah. you know, Dogbo, Dogbo. Yeah, now. not Dogbo because Dogbo's from from up north, I think, and he oh, came okay. from here, but he's actually not from Bukum. There are eight other world champions are yeah. all from yeah. that area, yes. you know. So it's it's um, it's a very unique and oh, spiritual area, yeah. and I think for for any boxing fan, a boxing mm. enthusiast, yeah. you know, to have that fact in front of you would be a great place to go and visit and mm. see like the roots of boxing from Ghana. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, for me, I think it's it, it's a, it's a great town. I mean, I've known about it. Uh, my one of my heroes was Azuma Nelson. Yeah, so yeah. knowing what he represented, yeah. um, my family are from Kumasi, so we've got family oh, in Tema yeah, but yeah, 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 I would love to try and go there. And, and now, as an adult and as a boxing enthusiast, yeah. I'd love to actually just go you, there. And you, you'd have to, yeah, you, you you would have to go there to enlighten yourself about mm. what it what it really means and and see it yeah. with your own eyes and to feel it. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the only way. Like I said, when I first saw Richard, there was 
there was all kinds of spiritual things going around yeah. that has led us to, you know, it didn't, yeah. it didn't just happen. It's, it's, it's something drew us together. Yeah. There's the know, energy to, and then we believe in that. that. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at obviously what Kwame has done now, um, but just in general, do you see boxing in Africa and in Ghana? I mean, I would say Ghana being biased because for me, it's always been big there. But yeah. in terms of the continent, do you see it? We start to have a rise. We saw the guy who beat... Um, uh, one of Matram's guys come over from Tanzania last year. Um, Tete. Tete. No, no, from, no, there's, a, no, there's a guy, the South African guy. Not, That's Tete's a South yeah, African guy. But there guy. was, um, uh, there's a Birmingham guy for that fights for Matram. Um, I want to say Scott something. But yeah, he fought uh, an African guy, um, unknown. Yeah. And he came and beat him. Totally oh, yeah, him. yeah, I see that. Yeah, yeah, I remember you know that fight. Yeah, yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and that, that's, yeah. that's the theme. You know, the thing, the thing, the thing... It, I can speak for Ghana. I can't speak for the rest of Africa, but I can yeah. speak for Ghana. You have to have an infrastructure. If yeah. you look, we were Ghana was producing world champions long mm-hmm. before Eastern European yeah. boxing. Yeah, Eastern European boxing has now got a fantastic infrastructure yeah. where they've yeah. put a lot of money. They've put a lot of money into boxing from mm-hmm. an amateur, mm-hmm. from the from the amateur program all yeah. the way up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kazakhstan and places like that. Yeah. They've, they've, they've done great. Yes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Ghana has not. Mm. We've relied on raw talent yep. and just getting the boxes that we have got through. So Eastern European uh, boxers have surpassed us mm. in terms of having that infrastructure yeah. to have, you know, a, a, a progression of world champions or world championship challenges yep. to keep coming through. Yep. You know, so the opportunity they're out there, mm. but we have to. Build. provide it for ourselves yeah. we can't look at other people and say oh well they've got this they've got that um, yeah. and blah yeah. no we have to do it ourselves yeah. you know in terms of getting Richard to where he is I had to do it myself yeah. I couldn't wait and hold out a begging bar and say yeah, can you help my fight because yeah. it would never have happened and Richard yeah. would never have been a world t- champion yeah. so we've, we've had to go out and do it yeah. and, and for the infrastructure of the boxing in mm. terms of if Eastern European can do it yeah I mean the country's there yeah. And they haven't got the, and they have not got the mystical, spiritual mm. home like Bukum, mm. Ghana has. But if they can keep producing, then we should be able to do it. 100%. But we have to look at ourselves first and yeah. the infrastructure that we've got. Mm. Unless you, you can't, you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to do it. But doesn't that give you more satisfaction knowing that your guys have come through? Yeah. without that push without that infrastructure I know it's been a lot harder but does it not feel more rewarding knowing that you've had your backs against the wall and you've still come through in a, in a, in a way yes but in a way no because you can't keep fighting that same fight mm. you know it it's will wear you down it will yeah. weigh heavy on you you know yeah, when you yeah. do something and you struggle and you struggle and you struggle mm. and you get there mm. and then you look behind and that struggle that you've had, mm. there's no yeah, one else coming that. through. Mm. There's no one, there's, there's yeah. no, well, nothing's been that. made easier. Yeah. You know, no one's seen what you've done and said, right, if they've done that, we need to put an infrastructure in yeah, so that down. that struggle isn't as hard as that again. Yeah. Bring, 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 you know? Bring the so when down. I do look back and I, mm. and, I, and I see that there's no infrastructure, there's no, then, it, it, yes, it's, satisfy- it's satisfying Richard being a world champion. Mm. But I want to create more oh, world champions. Yeah. And you know, I want there to be a conveyor yeah. belt of world exactly. champions coming from Ghana. Exactly. And yeah. if, if and I spoke to Richard about this uh, only last week, because we have set up a, I've set up a Streetwise, Streetwise Foundation in Ghana. Oh, fantastic. Where, Let us know anything we can do yeah, to help. I'll, yeah, I'll, most I'll definitely. We've set up a foundation yeah. where um, 
uh, with some friends of mine, we will be going to provide the gyms with equipment, um, boxing equipment, help help the infrastructure back in Ghana. Richard is actually the global ambassador for this foundation. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try and set up, you know, uh, uh, we're going to try and set up this new way that we can help the infrastructure yes. in Ghana. Because, you know, if, if, if we don't do it, and I yeah. said this to Richard, if, if, if we don't do it, we'll look at ourselves in 10 years' time yeah. And if no one else comes through, yeah. then we've failed. Yeah, 100%. We've failed, yeah. you know? And I think that's the self-criticism you need. But I think, going back to Rafi's point, there is that, yeah, it's great, we've made it through the hardships. But I think it's about having a reputation. When you think of the Ukrainian team, boxing teams, Cuban, Kazakhstan, they got that reputation to just continually produce top quality. Well, Ghana can do that, yeah. but they need the, the system, they need to be moulded, and they need the sort of guidance, guidance as well, yeah. you know, to just push them through well, that. If you look at some of the Eastern European yeah. fighters, they're 7, 8 and 0, oh, mm. and all of a sudden they're superstars. Yes, exactly. Because they've got such a, a decorated amateur career yeah. that because of the reputation now that they have, yeah. they're already getting yeah. big contracts when yeah. they've look only had... So they're, they're going they're after all those yeah, guys, you yeah. know. And Ghana can do that yes. because they have just equally as good talent there. Yeah. But as far as solving the problem goes, does it have to be dealt with internally, or do you think someone externally has to come and change something? Because it's also an attitude internally. Well, I am, I am external in terms of yeah. I don't live in Ghana. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? And what I've done in terms of Richard is unique to what was done before yeah. you know I live in the UK I was born in the UK I was mm. schooled in Ghana mm. and my, my, my parents are from Ghana I live most of my life in the UK mm-hmm. so I've come from an external point of view and so yeah. when you come and do that no matter what happens no matter how much success you you, you, you have mm. you always push people's noses out of joint I was just going to ask you how did that go there's always there's always yeah. going to be and that's that's in life in yeah, general. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's a, in life in whatever general. Whatever sport, whatever, whatever business, whatever you, whatever success you create, mm. you create more problems for yourself yep. because yep. other people see it as well. How comes you've done this? Yeah. You you come from England. You've had better help than this and that. Yeah. But it, they've got to get that. You can't get, get yeah. that mentality out of people. Yeah. So from uh, going back to your question externally, yes, because I look at it from differently from what they look at. They're mm. steeped into their traditions. Mm. Yeah, their traditions have got them so far. Mm. But if I've come along and then done this, yeah. then we can use the traditions mm. that they already have, used what I have got, mm. get a balance yeah. and work together to create more, more and more mm. opportunities for these young boxers. Yeah. And what well, time frame would you be looking for that to be, for that transition from start to finish? Where we are now, mm-hmm. with talent coming through the hard way, mm-hmm. continuously, to where you want it to be a smooth transition like that, how far away? I don't think it will ever be, I'll be honest with you, mm. it's... it's because of the way the boxing business is, I don't think it's ever going to be a smooth transition. I can only do what I do through the foundation that we're setting up and through yeah. my own ideas and through my own drive. I can't... I, I, can, I can convince certain people, but yeah. certain people are just not going to take it, you know? So I can only focus on what I do and hopefully, yeah. hopefully I can cast my net mm. far and wide and we'll get... Progress. Progress. We'll get to a stage where mm. we as a foundation and we as, as, as a group with friends of mine help the progression of Ghanaian boxing. And yeah. if it takes the rest of my life, then mm. so be it. Yeah, but it's about the legacy as well because I think no matter yeah. what, when you look back in 10 years, <clears throat> and this is not just saying it, I mean, 
to take Komi to where he is now, a world champion, you must be a part of Ghanaian. You must be part of that conversation when the Ghanaian sports ministers are looking about, you know, what can we do? I, and you're shaking your head to say you're You'd not. You'd be surprised. Yeah, and, be I, surprised. And, I, and it does. I'll be honest with you. When yeah. we let, when we when we we went. The sportsman, the, the, the sportsman. Well. I went. I met the president last time I yeah. was there. This time we didn't meet the president. Okay. We was. I had a week time frame, and uh, the sports minister didn't even didn't turn up to come and see Richard. He sent the deputy sports minister. Mm. You have got one world champion, yeah. one world champion. Mm. You know, and this is how you represent him. You yeah. send the deputy sports minister. No yeah. disrespect to the deputy sports of minister, course, but, but if you've got one world champion who's won a world title in America, America roll out the red carpet. Roll out the red carpet, yes, and the yeah. highest of the high should come and say, yeah. "Thank you, yes, exactly. Thank you for showing us the way. Thank you for yes. opening our eyes to what we can achieve as yeah. individuals with no help yes. from the ministry, no mm -hmm. help from the government. But yet, look what you've achieved." Yeah. So come and educate us. Yes. We didn't even get, get that. that. Didn't even get that. And this is probably what I when, I when I said I was like, how were you met? Because obviously knowing Ghana, understanding everything, um, yeah, so not everything, but understanding quite a bit. I could have imagined somebody like yourself coming through. You know how to articulate yourself. You clearly got a bit of business now around you. That would have put them out of put their noses out of joint. Um, and I just it hope does for the best of the, in, for the future that they can oversee this because it's not going to solve anything if we're infighting. You've got an idea to have to, to uplift Ghana. Mm -hmm. They need to support that. You know? Well, hopefully they will, but I'm not banking on it. Yeah. And to be fair, I have gone over the years, I have gone into the last four sports ministers. Yeah. I've gone into their offices and I've asked for support for the box. Not for me. Yeah. Not for what I do. Yeah. But for the boxing community. Yeah. I've asked for each sports minister, the last four, mm. I've been to their offices and asked them to support mm. boxing in Ghana. Yeah. And they've said, yes, yes, yes. And as soon as I've left, yeah. not a thing. Not a thing. Not a thing. So my, my time of asking is yeah. over. Yeah. And now it's the time of doing. Yeah. And if they see and they want to offer something, mm -hmm. that's up to them. If they yeah. don't, no skin of fan knows. We've yeah. already got our planning process mm -hmm. and we're going with that. Yeah. Do you think they feel intimidated by the success? As sad as that sounds. I, I, I couldn't, I, I don't know. No. I, I really don't know like, like I say but your perception um, maybe some people do maybe yeah. some people in that hierarchy I think there do. is an element of that uh, some people do and they, and they find it hard to accept that someone from the outside has come in and done this yeah. but they shouldn't accept me from someone from the outside because my family and my heritage is from Ghana so I'm <coughs> as equally as one of them as yes. they are of me so yeah. they, sh they shouldn't feel that way and if I've done it with with Richard, I can do it with another Ghanaian fighter and another Ghanaian exactly. fighter and another yeah. Ghanaian fighter. So, I can, like I say, I can I can only put what I do out there. And if it changes their perception, mm -hmm. great. If mm. it doesn't, I'm not going to beat you're myself gonna, up. You're not going to yeah. stop either. I'm not going to beat myself up about it. I'm going to keep doing yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. Because, you know, every time I look at Richard and he thanks me for for the chance meeting that we had and mm. he's now a world champion yeah. I've got to keep enough, going yeah. got to keep going and I just want to uh, talk about obviously you, you re I say represent but you set up Streetwise Management um, just tell us a bit about the company what your, what the plans are for the next 12 months stable of fighters just give us a bit we of have, a general we have we obviously we set up Streetwise Management a few years back and we had some fighters we had some fighters come we had some fighters go you know as the boxing industry is goes, you know yeah. fighters <laughs> <laughs> you, you emotional know, creatures sometimes yeah <laughs> I mean you, you get them you think you're doing 
doing the best job you possibly can and someone speaks in their ear yeah. and then they, you know I mean? They go, that's the hate. To the best that's it. That's, that's it. the business. You know, that's yeah. the business of it, unfortunately. That's, but that's how it is. Mm. But we, we set it up in, ter- in terms of we wanted to build a, a business that's a very hands-on unit, mm-hmm. a very um, close unit where we could provide opportunities for boxers that don't get the best opportunities that mm. haven't had stellar amateur careers yep. that the big promoters jump on and yeah. see because they don't come to me. Yeah. They don't they yeah. they don't come to me as a manager. They so, buy they, they there are other bigger fish. Mm. There are other bigger fish out there than than me. Mm. So I'm not their first port of call when they go down the list of managers mm-hmm. to go and see when they first turn professional. Yeah. You know, although my surname begins at A and I'm on the top of the list, <laughs> alphabetically, <laughs> alphabetically, you know, I'm, I'm the bottom of the list yes. when it comes to actually Absolutely. opportunity, yeah. you know. So, which which, which is okay. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you work your way and mm. hopefully through Richard's success, mm-hmm. people might not perceive me as that at the bottom of the list anymore because yeah. if I've made a world champion from someone who started from nothing, then maybe I can get other boxers opportunities. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got uh, a young kid in a, in a uh, called Ramez Mamoun. Mm-hmm. He's an amateur. Ramez, Ram, Ramez, Ra- Ramez Mamoun. And what, what division is he fighting at? He's uh, Super Bantam. Nice. And uh, unbelievable story. Yeah. He came, we had our gym, Pro SW gym in Loughton in Essex, <laughs> and he walked into our gym. He said he wanted to be a professional fighter. Yeah. Um, and I, I said, well, but he said his dad didn't want him to be. He's an mm. Asian kid. Yeah. yeah. He said his dad didn't want him to be. His dad mm. wasn't keen on it. And mm. I said, why is that? He says, well, I'm at university. Mm. Uh, I'm at university and my dad wants me to finish finish uh, university. But mm. I want to be a professional fighter. Mm. He says. I said, look, go and bring your dad. Mm-hmm. Go and get your dad. You must always listen to your father. Yeah. If your father wants you to do something or be something, yeah. he knows best and it's probably what's best for you. Mm-hmm. But bring him. Yeah. And we will have a chat between yeah. the three of us. So he went and got his dad. Yeah. And his dad came to the gym and we sat down. And, mm. his, and his dad said to me, look, it's not that I don't want him to be a boxer. Yeah. It's that he's in university. Mm. And I want him to finish his education in university exactly. first before he starts being a boxer, yeah. just in case he doesn't finish. Yeah. And I said to Ramaz, did you hear what your dad said? Mm. He's not saying that he doesn't want you to be a boxer. Yeah. You have plenty of time. Yeah. Go away, finish your education. I will still be here. Mm. And I promise you, Mm. as long as your dad says it's okay, I'll manage you to the best of my ability Mm. and you'll be a professional fighter. So he went away, finished his education, Mm. got his degrees. He's now a maths teacher. Congratulations. He's now now a maths teacher uh, at Epping Forest College. Mm. And he's also 7-0, I believe, professional career yeah. uh, he's got a fight next week in yes. March the 16th March on the Goodwin <clears throat> show which I hope you'll be there <clears throat> yeah, we will be there Most and uh, after that yeah. he's just been made mandatory for the southern area title yeah. I mean this kid you would not believe is a yeah. professional fighter yeah. he's such an absolutely I look forward to meeting him bring him on the show he's an absolutely well. lovely kid and there's kids like that that need to be protected from the game mm. you know yeah. yeah I mean because he is a lovely kid yeah. he's a, he, you wouldn't Butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. Mm. He's a math teacher, and, yeah. and he is a math teacher. Yeah. You yeah. know, think of your math teachers at school. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he fits that bill. Yeah, yeah. 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 I know no, I mean, think of your math teachers at school, <laughs> yeah. and this kid is that. that you yeah. know, yeah. so you, none of our math teachers could box yes. or could fight. Yeah. You know, they, it's a one-off. Yeah, he's a one-off. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's a lovely kid, yeah. and but we want him to feel comfortable in the surroundings of 
professional boxing for him yeah. to feel happy. Mm-hmm. My son Michael Jr. trains him, mm-hmm. you know, um, and uh, he's he, he trains alongside Ryan Walker, who's another one of our fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, he was six and zero. Unfortunately, he went for the Southern Area title for at Super Bantam, and he and he lost that title. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he will be coming back later on in the year, um, and it's just a, a, a hands-on feel kind mm-hmm. of management company yeah. that we want to work with our fighters, yeah. not for yeah, our fighters, yeah. but with our fighters, yes. with our trainers, mm-hmm. and with everything that helps that happens in the boxing fraternity. Yeah. We want them to be a part of it. Yeah. You know? So, you know, I mean, we just want to be close and, and <clears throat> make it easy for them to understand that this boxing game is tough. Mm. You need people around you that you can trust, that you can rely on. More importantly, you can speak to. Yeah. Yeah, you can come and speak to any time, no matter what. Mm. Even if it's to come and say to me, Michael, I don't want you to manage me no more. Mm come and say it yeah. you know we'll sit down and we'll have a chat and if you don't want me to manage you no problem yeah. and if you ask me for my advice about who you should manage I'll give you my best advice mm. you know and yeah. that's it yeah and that's the mindset to have because ultimately everyone wants to say well I say this say everyone's got that perception managers just want to make the most for their uh, make the most money out of a certain fighter but actually if you have that relationship there are managers out there that have shown that they just have a relationship they have to have a good conversation and give them good advice and they yeah. don't want wrong for them they just want the best for them so just, yeah. I, I mean, no matter what you've put years of investment yeah. but actually you just want to see somebody have a good life as well and I think that's the right mindset yeah you want to see you want to see them succeed you want to see mm. them reach their potential and whatever that not, not every boxer you see is mm. going to be a world champion yes but you want to be able to nurture them to reach their potential, mm, you know. Yeah. Richard's potential was a world champion. That's what I saw in my eyes. And you want them to, you want them to go through that and to get to their potential, mm. and to be able to tell them when's the right time to quit. Yeah. When enough is enough. Yeah. Because I want to have this conversation with you in five and ten years time, yeah. twelve and fifteen years time. You know, yeah, not just for today. Yeah, you know. That's a good and and it's not only about the life of boxing within boxing. It's what you do after boxing and your experiences that you could share with others as well. Yeah. And I just wanted to ask you, because obviously you've worked with, like I said, the Bella, currently working with Top Rank, you worked with PBC in the mm. past, Goodwin. What have you learned about yourself and uh, as a boxing manager in the last 10 years about, you know, how have you mm. grown and what, what would you say the key things that uh, you've learned? It's been tough. I must admit it's been mm. tough. It's not been easy. It's been, you know, sometimes you feel like you're, you're alone, mm. you know. You, you make certain decisions and people look at you and they... You look at them and you think they don't trust what you're saying. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get that. You know, who are you? What have you achieved? What have you done? You know, sometimes I've had conversations with people mm-hmm. uh, in in the boxing fraternity. They've not been in boxing as long as me. Um, trainers and managers and promoters mm. as such. And when I've spoke, they've looked at me as if to say, "Who are you? Yeah, what okay. do you know? You know." Yeah. And it's kind of like. Question your question, yeah, just you know, and and so for me, I've learned to trust in my ability and to trust in my judgment, yeah, well said, yeah, um, uh, and you know, and if I get it wrong, Mm -hmm. which I have done, yeah, learn from those mistakes, exactly, because they're my mistakes, they're not someone else's, they're my mistakes, so learn from those mistakes Mm. and make sure you use them in the future for you to progress yeah. yeah, you know I learned a lot of mistakes with some other fighters that I've implemented into where Richard is today mm. you know and you know I've been able to I've been able to stand and talk to certain promoters in a way mm-hmm. that I feel they should be spoken to mm. you yeah. know in yeah. terms of 
I'm not. I'm no longer that that guy who's learning on the mm. job. Yeah. You know, I've actually. Got the confidence. I've got, yeah, I've got the confidence. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm established in my own life. People, yes. Still, still, yeah. people don't people don't see me as that. Still, yeah. people don't see me as that. You know, especially don't forget, I'm a manager who has an African world champion. Mm. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a manager as a British world champion. Yeah. Which is perceived to be slightly different. You know. Yeah. But hey, you know, hey ho. Mm. Yeah. You know, certain people give you the respect and the time of day. Mm. Other people still question your ability, you know. But you can't live like that kind of thinking, well, you've got to prove it to them Mm. because you've already proved it. But like I say, you have to have confidence in yourself. Mm. What I've learned to do is make the right judgment calls Mm -hmm. and be confident in those judgment calls. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them will be right. Mm. Some of them will be wrong. But nobody's perfect. Yeah. No, fairly said. Then, yeah. Do you think you've paved the path then for future uh, black managers coming up from my generation, for example? Do you feel that the hardships you've faced would have made the road a little bit smoother for them? I hope so. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I hope. I hope. But not just black managers. Any manager who wants to get into the game and yeah. wants to, um, you know, I mean, it could, don't matter what color you are, you're going to face hardships. You know, mm-hmm. in this game, if you're if you're an alien, if you're an outsider, you're going to face hardships. Yeah. And those hardships should not be just construed to your color. They should mm. be construed to any, what, what, whatever hardships, whatever obstacles people put in your way. Yeah. You know what I mean? I could be a white manager sitting here, mm. you know what I mean? And have, you know what I mean? People saying, well, you're no good. You can't do this. You can't oh, do that because you've had so no cool. experience. We're all going to get certain <coughs> amounts of obstacles put in our way. Yeah. So, and we can all learn from those obstacles, no matter yeah. what they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Those prejudices in any way, whatever forms they come in, mm-hmm. we can all learn from it. I'm not going to sit here and say, because I'm a black manager, it's been hard for me and it's been this and it's been that and I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Mm. It's going to be hard for any new manager coming into this sport. Yeah. It's going to be hard for any new manager. And yeah. if I can pave the way or say something or prove to any manager, mm. whatever colour, creed, religion they're from, mm. if they can come to me and ask me, Michael, how did you do this? How did you get over that obstacle? Yeah. And I could influence them or help them in any way, yeah. I would gladly do that. And if I've opened the door mm. for people to think, well, I want to be a boxing manager. Yeah. And there are going to be obstacles. There are going to be hardships. There are going to be prejudices. Mm. But you know what? Michael done it. Michael got over this. Michael got over that. Yeah. Then I've done a good job. Yeah, that's refreshing to hear. Yeah, hundred percent. No, um, and thank you. And I mean, I, I was going to say, what advice would you give to any young boxing managers? So now all done this. So we're going to quickly dive into some of the boxing that took took place last weekend, namely the Matchroom Next Gen Show um, that took place in Peterborough. Um, we had React Paul, we had Sims Junior, and we had Jordan Gill headlining. Um, few names in attendance, but um, a lot of beef going on outside of the ring as well, namely between Akoli and yeah. Dylan White. But Jordan Gill, I um, wanted to ask you guys what, um, if you know anything about him. Is he the real deal? Do you think you see a good future for him? You know, when you when you have a prospect coming up mm-hmm. and you're always the A side, yeah. you know, you've got everything stacked in your favour. Yeah. You get time. You get, you get opponents picked for you. You get time. You get, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Things are a lot a lot more easier. That's not to say that he's not the real deal. Yeah. But we have to see him in yeah. a, a, a real fight, you yeah. know? Someone who's just as hungry as he is. Mm. Someone who's not been brought in as an opponent, you mm. know? Although we need those to nurture our boxers, yeah? yeah? But there's going to be a time when he's fighting for final eliminators and world titles. Mm-hmm. Then we, they, those questions are going to be answered. Yeah. You know, those questions are going to be answered. And I've seen many a fighter mm. that's been the A-side, the A-side, the A-side, the A-side, the A-side. Yeah. And then as soon as they get into a real fight, mm. 
all of a sudden, yeah. damn, this is this is what this is all about. Yeah. No yeah. one told me that this is this yeah. is what it was you know, really and about. He, as you said it, the guy I was thinking of before was Sam Eggington. He Sam lost Eggington. it. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. you know, they get built. They get built up. So it, you know, you and it's it's good management, good promoting to get them the right fights at the right time before yeah. you start overhyping them and saying mm. that they're the real deal. Yeah, you know, and. It remains to be seen, you know. Yeah. There's, it's a tough, tough division that he's in. So yeah. there's a lot of great fighters out there in his division. Yeah. And that's, and you know, again, you know, in America, mm. you, 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 here is a smaller pond than in America. Yeah, you know of course. I mean? Yeah, you, know, of course. you go to America, yeah. you've really got to be creme de creme. You got, yeah, to step up to you, got to be something yes. over there yeah. because there are so many fighters yeah. from all walks of life over there. The they're willing to come and test you. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. You know, it remains to be seen. Yeah, and I was going to say on that, it was leading to the next point. Anthony Sims Jr., Mayweather's cousin, signed to Matram. He's fought over in the UK now. He's trying to make a name for himself. You see his performance. What did you think, Rafi? I thought he showed a lot of good uh, ring generalship. It yeah. is still very early days. And um, the round six stoppage as well to top it all off. Mm -hmm. As I said, it is still very early days. There is still a little bit of um, naivety, you could say, in throwing some shots, but... Mm. Yeah, he's on the right path, I'd say. Yeah. Most definitely. What do you make of him? Have you come the across him? The first, I've seen him, but the first mm. thing you said, he's Mayweather's cousin. Mm. Take that cleanly, completely out of the narrative. Yeah. And judge him for what, what he's doing. He is. Yeah. You know, because their narrative, he's Mayweather's cousin, he's Mayweather's exactly. cousin. Muhammad Ali had hundreds of cousins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Mayweather's had cousins before that exactly. have been. Yeah. You know, so take that out of the narrative mm. and look at him for what he is. Yeah. You know, he's a work in progress. Mm. Let him be that work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. Take the pressure off the kid by mm. keep mentioning Mayweather's name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's see him for what he really is. Yeah. I would argue to that though. Maybe that's what's needed to have kept him relevant because you could argue that maybe he's been a bit inactive over the past few years for his own good. I is don't know. The, I necessary? don't know the politics mm. behind him being inactive. Yeah. Mm. I don't know the politics. Yeah. Why he's not been fighting. Mm -hmm. It certainly wouldn't be the Mayweather name, yeah. you know, because I mean, people keep shouting it out there. Yeah, know. You know, maybe he wasn't, he hasn't been good enough. Maybe mm. he hasn't working hard enough, and they've not wanted to push him mm. so soon. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, but, he's had quite a few fights, so I'm interested to see where he goes. And I think you're right. Um, I think it's just that psychological thing you just saying to yourself. Every time you see him on Sky Sports, it's Mayweather's cousin, Mayweather's cousin, it's subliminally. We're repeating it. So, um, but I think mm. he looked okay. Um, yeah. I wouldn't start screaming from the rooftops. To be fair, um, I know they've spoken about him potentially coming down in weight, and I think mm. you know an Anthony Yard, Boatsy at light heavyweight. I think they're tough t fights for him. But um, no, they're not. They're not fights for him now. Yeah, this is what, that's what I think. Yeah. Him so now. I think they need to. And he's yeah. he's almost twenty fights. He's eighteen, twenty fights into his career. He's, had, mm. yeah, he's, he's not. He's not fights. like six and seven. No. He's quite far into it. So Boatsy maybe because Boatsy, as good as he is, <laughs> he's still inexperienced. Yeah, he's, he's still. He's still, again, Bratsy's still learning. Yeah, he's still 100%. learning. He's not been in those firefights, yeah. you know? The, you know what I mean, I think something, something's rounds. coming back the other way, yeah. hard and fast. Yes. You know, he's dominated most of his fights. Yeah. And credit to him for doing that. Mm. But, you know, you, you tend to know a fighter when they've been put on the back foot. You know I mean, when the pressure's coming the other way, how do they deal with that? Yeah. And it's all well and good being on the front foot all the time and mm -hmm. being in the comfort zone, and that's being on the A side all the time. Yeah. But what happens when you turn up one day yeah. and you're on the B side? Yeah. And the whole promotion is around the fighter in the other corner. Yeah. How do then you react? How do you react? I was going to say, guys, we've got a couple of callers, so um, I'll open the lines up while we've still got time. Going out to 348. 348, the floor is yours. Hello. Question or statement? Who? What's your name? Coach. Kojo, Raf, Michael, good evening, gents. How you doing? How you doing? Who's that, Tom? 
Yeah, Tom. How you doing, mate? I'm all good. Good, good, good. What's on your mind, mate? Question or statement? Yeah, yeah. just firstly, I'd like to uh, commend Michael for his um, involvement in, obviously, nurturing uh, Michael uh, Comey, the growth of uh, our Ghanaian boxing and how that's accelerated over the, the last few years. So, obviously, down to his um, impetus and guidance, so I have to say that, obviously, we've seen uh, a good trend in sort of... Um, top elite athletes coming out of Ghana and it's obviously very promising for the uh, for the country um, and also kind of the point you guys touched on about the infrastructure behind um, sort of Ghanaian boxing and that distinction with uh, GB boxing uh, particularly I think as well sort of the way that Ghana have had their success with a lot of um, elite level fighters is through the resilience through the spirit uh, through sort of the, uh, the determination whereas kind of if you look at the UK picture there's been a very sort of um, instilled uh, infrastructure with the whole GB um, amateur cycle and I think as well that kind of resembles the, the spirit and tradition of Ghanaian boxing and how it's going to um, strive uh, in years to come Tom, Michael here, thank you very much for, for, for your kind words, really appreciate that and yeah, you're right. I mean, if you look at the GB squad and what they've done over the last 15 years in the infrastructure, the money that's been spent, especially the lottery money, and these guys, these amateur guys, you know, the the, the wages or the, the ex expenses they've been paid to stay amateur and to fight for the GB all around the world, it's it, it's culminated in the UK scene, boxing scene, having a great boom in world champions over the last... 10 years you know and if Ghana yeah. had a fraction of that infrastructure with what they have already imagine where they would be mm -hmm. and this is what yeah. I'm trying to say and this is what we're going to as our foundation that we're <coughs> setting up this is what we're going to try and put together so that they do have a fraction of that and we'll see where it takes them but you're 100% right yeah cheers thanks for that Tom appreciate the call mate well, we're going to move on to the next caller but thank you very much mate <clears throat> Cheers. Don't Thank worry, you. Sorry, keep up the good work. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Cheers. Thanks. Uh, going out to 910-910. The floor is yours. Hello. Hello. Raps on TV. Yes. Yes, Sam. Um, how you doing, um, Sam? Yeah, how you doing, Clyde? Yeah, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Just in a noisy area. Hang on. Let me go somewhere quiet. Probably. I was going to say, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I like the dedication. You, were you in the pub or what? <laughs> Literally just finished running, man. Uh, okay, that will chest that now. Um, all, all we'll good. let you off. We'll let you off. <laughs> appreciate the, appreciate the calling, mate. Uh, question or statement? Uh, more of a question. More of a question. What do you think is going to unravel in the next couple couple weeks to the month's time in terms of unexpected feuds and statements being said amongst the boxing community right now? Um, unexpected feuds? Yeah, unexpected call-outs, unexpected arguments. Just something. What, what do you think is going to be a massive curveball? <laughs> I think we've been given an insight already with uh, Lawrence Ciccoli and Dillian White. Um, there's, yeah. a, there's a bit of an argument at the moment that maybe Lawrence Ciccoli, in the eyes of some, Dillian White most certainly has reached sort of the ceiling as to how far he can go in the cruiserweight division. And maybe a step up to heavyweight would be the best move for his... Uh, profile but do you read much into that um i mean uh, it, I, i've discussed with a few of my boxing heads before that uh, a couple of days ago actually when it happened that a colleague's board yes I, I do think he's i do think he's getting a bit 
complacent in the sense that he's calling out people out of his weight class. But again, he's a yeah. clout chaser. Like some of the guys said on IFL TV and whatnot, he is clout chasing and chasing, chasing for hype. Um, I, I do feel as if the Akali of old has, has gone and I feel like he's beginning to get, if he's not careful, he's getting to, he's going to get himself into that Ahara Davis space where he's overhyping himself and calling out people that he shouldn't be calling and just forgetting about the core foundations to why he started boxing. Instead, he's getting a bit caught up in the hype because he's getting a couple yeah. of checks now. Um, yeah. That's one perspective of looking at it. And to be honest, I don't want to see Lawrence Akali go down that route because he's come from a very humble beginning working with Donald's being fat, being bully. He resembles everything that boxing mm-hmm. can give you if mm-hmm. you work hard. Yeah. I just yeah. don't want him to overstep the mark and get caught into the hype because obviously he's got a few sponsorships Get a few big checks for fighting. Um, I just want, I don't want him to forget the reason why he started it, and I feel that slowly he's beginning to get caught up in all the hype. Um, I, by, by calling Dylan White out and sweeting him, this is a classic O'Hara Davis um, move, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Um, except it's a bit t- toned down. Would you agree? Funny, funny enough, Michael here. Yeah, funny enough, you saying that. Um, I remember when Lawrence, Lawrence first, funny enough, came to my gym when he was still at college. Um, his college teacher brought him to our gym and asked us if we could train him. And um, O'Hara Davis was at the gym, funny enough, you saying that as well. And uh, he was such a lovely kid, Lawrence. Yeah, very humble, you know what I mean? Very dedicated to his craft, um, very polite, you know, well-mannered. And um, obviously, you know, success changes people. And um, it, it changes people. And also what happens is, you start to get influenced by people around you as well, mm. and if you don't come from no, if you don't come from that solid base of what you want what you want in life, what you want to achieve in life, you could be easily yeah. influenced by these people, mm. you know. Oh, and well, and, right. and it seems me. and it seems to me, look, if you want to be the best boxer that you, you are, and let's face it, you're calling out a heavyweight that's done a fantastic job since he's got beat by Anthony Joshua he's absolutely exactly. uh, he's been exactly. Dillian White should be given the utmost respect and Lawrence mm. should be given Dillian the utmost respect yeah. doing what he's no, doing exactly. doing what he's doing I feel and personally my opinion I feel he's been very disrespectful for someone who's earned his oh, dues in, someone who's earned his dues in the sport mm. you know and it's a shame no, 100%, it's, it's a shame because Lawrence you to be honest you haven't earned your dues in the sport yeah. You know, you haven't had you haven't had that marquee fight. You haven't beaten that marquee opponent. You haven't shown yourself to be world class. Exactly. You know, Thank you. so Thank what you. he should Thank be concentrating, what he should be concentrating on doing is cementing what he is. You know, he's still learning. You know, there are plenty of fighters in his weight division around the world that if he wanted to be somebody or he wanted to show the world that he is capable of going to that one step further to that world level go and fight these guys but don't disrespect someone who's earned his dues you know and I feel it's very unfortunate one hundred. I couldn't agree with you more. I do feel that he's getting a bit out of control in that sense. Yeah. I feel that he. Oh, if he wins a world title in cruiserweight division, then fair play. Do you know what? You can scream to the hills because you earned that right and you've got that belt. Yeah. Um, around your wrist and that. But mm. I just feel that he needs to humble himself. He needs to humble himself. To get, and this is and this uh, is the time when this is the time when the people around him need to pull him to one side and say, look. 
you know, don't run before you can walk, you know, you know what I mean? And, and, this, is, and this is the boxing industry, you know, you're going to get people that are going to push him towards all that hype and all that stuff because they like that, you know, and he'll have one or two people around him will say, you know, calm yourself down, but it's who he decides to listen to, you know, and let's hope for the, for the, for, for the better of him that he listens to the right people. Yeah. No, no fingers crossed. I do hope so. Yeah, um, so do I. Another thing I wanted to touch on, uh, I know you've probably got other callers calling in. One thing I wanted to touch on was, what do you... Anthony Sims Jr., um, I was listening before, I do feel that the Mayweather name has put unnecessary pressure upon him. I feel that he's... I, I know this is me just jumping the gun a bit, but I just feel that he should just take, take each fight at a time yeah. Get to get earn his strikes, get the ring rust, get the ring experience, not ring rust, get the ring experience, get your ring craft up, and then you can start calling out the big fights. Because at the moment, I could see what's going on is because of the fact you've got the Mayweather name, people are going to see if he can step up to the plate like Mayweather. Yeah. And, um, yep. I, I just really hope he can take his time. I don't want him to be a fighter that's rushed too soon. Um, and I get the, the way the market is moving in the way because the social media people are demanding things now, they want to see everything now. But I just feel that someone like him, he's got great talent, he's got tremendous mm-hmm. talent, he's got great attributes. I think he's got all the kind of, I think he's got everything it takes to become a big star, but it's whether he allows himself the patience to have that time. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, I, that's what I think anyway. No, I agree. Uh, yeah, I that. agree with that statement as well. A hundred percent. You know, if he's, if he's not pushed, I mean, there's another fighter, there's another fighter out here as well that, um, again, as a family name that's that's been taken president and that's Conor Ben. Mm. You know, Conor Ben, yeah. you know, not, there's only one Nigel Ben, yeah. you know, there's only one Nigel Ben. And unfortunately, his son is not him, yeah, you know, and he's been marketed to be the next Nigel Ben. And it's a lot of pressure to put on a kid, you know, <clears throat> and, and people... Question. should. I understand that, but with the Ben situation, I do feel like young Connor does put a lot of stuff on himself. No, yeah, grant, uh, granted, granted, he does, and and people and and people allude to that. Granted, he does, but at the same time, you know, it's like it's it's the thing now, you know, in terms of when kids or young boxers are related to certain people, the first thing people allude to is their relation, you know, yeah, yeah. and then sometimes they get caught up in that hype, and the, once you start getting attention, and you start getting all that adulation as a young person or a young boxer if you've never had it before it's very difficult to you know what I mean f- put it to one side you know and get into the gym and work hard you know because people no definitely mate you know and, and again it boils down to who you have around you and who you get pulling you down and putting putting your feet firmly on the ground yeah and listen, Sam, yeah, we're gonna move, we're gonna move on to the top. I appreciate you calling in, mate. Um, t- t- the clock is ticking, as they say. Um, but appreciate all the support as usual. Um, and uh, yeah, be sure to call in next week. No, right. no worries. Cheers. Take care, guys. Cheers. Take care. TV. Cheers. Thanks. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Cheers. Thank you. So, guys, we're gonna do a quick roundup of uh, the fights that are happening this weekend. Um, one thing I got to say is talking about the Warren Show. Um, Yard and Dubois are headlining. Um, they're actually headlining at the Royal Albert Hall this Friday, which is, I think, for a long time, I haven't seen a Warren show on a Friday night. Does that kind of indicate the levels that boxing is reaching in the UK that we're seeing at a Royal Albert Hall? And to mediocre, I'm not disrespecting them, but, you know, they're not the biggest of names they're headlining on a Friday. Uh, again, it's opportunity. Again, it's, mm. you know, they, 
You know, because they've, you know, I think I think it's live on BT Sport. BT Sport, yeah, exactly. Yeah, live on BT Sport. Again, it's it's venues, getting yeah. the right venues, it's mm-hmm. getting the right promotion. It's, it's, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes mm. to get a show out there of that magnitude, yeah. you know. So I think it's great. The Royal Albert Hall yeah. has seen some absolute fantastic fights over the years, yeah. and some classic fights, and I think it's a great amphitheatre for boxing, mm. you know. And um, it's just, I think the two boys, Dubois and Yardi, now... Mm need to be thrust in that limelight because yeah. there's been a lot of talk, a lot of talk, a lot of talk, a lot of <coughs> potential, mm. but now is their time. They yeah. need to be let loose and to have some proper, proper opponents and let's yeah. see these boys fight. Agreed. Do you buy much into the suggestion by Frank Warren that Nathan Gorman and uh, Daniel Dubois are going to fight by the end of this year? <sighs> you know, promoters say anything today. <laughs> yeah. And something will change tomorrow. Who knew Tyson Fury was going to sign with top rank? Yeah. You know? Yeah. They was one day away from signing the contract with, with, Wilder. Uh, with Wilder. And I boom. Mean, you know? Million, so, million. you know, yeah. a promoter's job is to keep everybody relevant. Yeah. Their fighters relevant. So, therefore, point. if he, if Frank Warren can say A is going to fight B, but it's mm. going to take place in December, yeah. and we're in March, it keeps them relevant. relevant exactly. You know? So, that's a promoter's job. Yeah. And just to back up, double on onto that, because I was actually going to say, for me, I think Yard is having that same relevant sort of tactic with mm-hmm. the Kovalev yeah. fight, because I don't think he's going to be ready to fight Kovalev next, given the level of opponents he's faced in the last four or five no, um, no. fights. I, yeah. I, 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 that's a tough, tough division. It's massive. It's a tough division. I mean, the guys that's that why fight, they're taking their time with Boatsy as well. Um, of course. Because with because Joshua, it wasn't saturated. Yes. Boatsy, even domestically, it's a tough division. It's so saturated. <laughs> what I mean. But you know what? But you know what? It's a tough division. Mm. But we need to see these boys fight, that you know? True. We need to... Listen, there's no... You know, there's too much about your fighter having a loss. Yes, it's too much about having a loss. Listen, if you think he is what he is, and you're a promoter saying that he is what he is, Mm. put him in with who he's supposed to be put in with. You know, and let's see them fight. And if he isn't, or if he's not that far down the line, he Mm. can still come back. You're a promoter; that's your job. You know, but you're kind of, you know, you're singing from the rooftops that he's this and he's that. But they ain't fighting no one. Proofs in the pudding. They ain't fighting no one, yeah. you know? So they have to fight and let's see. You're saying throw them in the deep end. Not I throw can, them in the deep end. Or not, well, not in the deep end. Push their opponents. But can we make an exception for Daniel Debar being 21 years old? I don't think you can. <sighs> Listen, I mean, I think the kids, I think he's got, a, I think he's fantastic. You know, I think, I think he's a really good talent. And I think that, yeah, you, you take it easy with him. But, you know, as with those heavyweights... They're so few and far between. There's a say. there's a big gap between yes. ordinary yeah. and you know here. Joshua there's a Wilder. there's a big gap, yeah. you know. And if you find yourself fighting too many of these down here, mm. when you do come to step up, yeah. as David Price found out, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden that gap you've not you know adjusted well. Exactly. You, you've not adjusted well. I mean, yeah. David Price when yeah. he fought Tony Thompson, you yeah, know what I mean, was exactly he embarrassed himself by going to um, as the Olympics. Everyone was raving and shouting. It's going to be our heavyweight exactly, champion in the world. Agree. And look up. So you have to. You know, again, it's matchmaking. But there comes a point when you have to get him some real tough, tough, tough fights. Yeah. Get him to go ten rounds. Get him to go twelve rounds. See mm. how hard and see how how hard he bites down on his gum shield yeah. when he's been spanked and Things. put and, and, and put on the back foot. Push you know? back. Yeah, and, and for me, I have to say, I think his opponent, Kojano, I think that is a credible step up for Dubois. Yeah. Um, but I just think it's tricky for him, and I think the Gorman is probably a bit of a tactic. But I mm. think that's the type of fighter he needs. But 
this performance is going to show will he be able to match because Gorman's very tricky in terms yeah. of his movement he's an yeah. intelligent mm. fighter so Dubois needs to show a bit more than I've got the power I know how to set traps which is going to be tough to learn and put fighters in a corner so I'm really looking and, forward to that and also he has to fight more regularly yeah you know? yeah. and I was just going to say um, oh sorry go, go on I think we can also make a case for Dubois in the case that Anthony Yard's been quite frustrated recently. When he went to for the Wilder Fury fight, his cance- his fight was cancelled on the week of the fight, I believe yeah, itself. Yeah, it's set, yeah. And so, obviously, with Boazzi doing what he did against Quinlan, mm, that's mm. always going to be the benchmark, mm, isn't it? Boazzi yeah, and Yard, yeah, you put the yeah, two together. Yeah, yeah. And so, in light of that, do you think that Anthony Yard's going to want to send out a statement, given that there's been a six-month lapse, not of his own accord, but mm. he feels more pressure? <laughs> He's got to send, you know, with Anthony, he's there. He's on the tip mm. of everybody's tongue. Yeah. yeah. But the next step for him, like <coughs> we was talking about, this division is deep. Yes. It's deep. So the next step for him is like, it's either world level or just underneath. Yeah. And that's a dangerous place to be if you're not fighting regular. But you have to go there somewhere. But you have to go there sometime. But, you know, it's a dangerous place to be. So he can put out that statement. But would you put, in light of Kovalev's last performance, would exactly. you put him in front of Kovalev? Now, and he fought Alvarez. Would you? Would you? Would you? No, you wouldn't. I at wouldn't. this moment in time, no. But I also factor in that Yard hasn't had a lot of amateur experience, so I can make a case for wanting to push him slower. Richard had twelve amateur fights when I saw him. I think you know. For me, I think with the amateur case thing, closed. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think sometimes. I mean, with me with Yardy, I just think obviously Frank Warren's talking him up, but he's supposed to do as you said. This is manager promoter. But I think once you kind of cross that fifteen fight barrier. I think you need to be getting tests because there's no point in having this, as you said, undefeated record, but you're not challenging yourself. And there's so many killers mm. uh, in all the divisions, in all across all the belts. Um, he could easily fight someone that's in that five to ten. Even if he fought Alvarez, who lost, um, <clears throat> sorry, Sullivan Barrera, who lost to um, Bivol. Do you know what I mean? He can't test the Bivol, the Gavodziks. You know, even a Badu Jack. There's a lot of guys out there. From <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know Yard wouldn't fight him, but there's a lot of guys there's out there. There's a lot so of guys. There's a lot <clears> of I think he needs to be careful. But just moving on. Yeah. Um, we've also got uh, Porter versus Yordinis you, Ugas, yes. um, the co- co- Colombian, sorry, Colombian Cuban boxer. What do you guys make of that fight? I think Porter's a tough fight for anybody. <clears throat> yeah. He's just, yeah, I mean, he's just rough and ready. You he's know what I'm saying? Just just, he's just on it. You know what I mean? For, <laughs> yeah. Like. It's like one of those horrible guys you just don't want to fight, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they've got him tuned, you know, and I just think that uh, you, you need to be a skilled boxer to keep that guy off your back, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I just think he's just, he's fit, he's hungry. Strong as well. Strong, you know, he, 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 he just, and, and, and he has got some gall to him as well, you yeah. know, he's not just come forward, come forward, come forward, he's got some little... Nice little moves yeah, there, exactly. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you I saw just that think, in the Garcia fight, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, that yeah. Was a confidence coming off that yeah, fight exactly. too. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, the confidence. Yeah. Did you see, and, and you see the slight adjustments that he made during the fight. And, exactly. You know, and Garcia didn't know how to work him out. Garcia didn't know how to work him out. All Garcia wanted to do was load, load and just and get that look left, look left hook out. The wow. left hook out, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's worked on lesser opponent, but... I mean, they get, he, I think Porter is assuring me. So, just to get a prediction quickly on that one, Porter, you're going for Porter? Porter, yeah. Porter yeah. all round? Yeah. Perfect. And then Bivol versus Smith. Um, I think, I just want to say, for me, I think this is going to be a really good fight. Very yeah. interesting. Obviously, Smith lost to Barrera, who cracked his jaw 
when he lost his title. Bivol beat Barrera yeah. quite convincingly, in my opinion. So now you're facing, seeing these two guys face up. How are you guys seeing that fight playing out? I think Bivol wins the fight. Yeah. I think he's an exceptional talent. You know, again, yeah. from where from where they are, you know, they they're churning these fighters out. Mm. You know, and they're not they're not. We don't see them until they're the finished article yes. and then they're out you yeah, know out, yeah. you know and then so I think they're, 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 they're well primed to take this kid a long way yeah yeah. yeah I think not just off that benchmark but also be Isaac Chalemba yes. and the confidence you'll get from those two names knowing yeah. that the guy you're facing has lost him as well Barrera yeah. Yeah. you put two and two together yeah. you have to make him odds on yeah. Yeah. you have to no definitely so guys listen Thank you very much, Michael. It's been a pleasure having you on the uh, studio with us today. Um, before we go, do you want to do your social media handles? Let everyone know oh, where they can find you. On Twitter, Mickey Moo underscore. Yep. And um, Instagram. Uh, Instagram, Streetwise Management. Streetwise Facebook. Management. Facebook. Facebook, Streetwise Management. Facebook. Yeah. I personally don't do Facebook, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Streetwise Management. The team do. My partner Ashley does all the, all the social media for us, so Perfect. she's really yeah, good she, at that. Shout so. out to Ashley. She's been really helpful with helping us get in this interview, so yeah. really good big thanks to her. Um, looking forward to seeing your guy. If you just want to say his name again, Rolex, on the 16th of March. Ramez Mahmood. Ramez Mahmood. He's fighting, I think it's his eighth fight, and then after that he'll be fighting for the, his mandatory for the southern area. Perfect. So the, guys, ma- the mathematician, we call him. The mathematician. So yeah. guys, make sure you look out for him. We're going to try and get him on the show even. Yeah, for phone call 100%. before then or after then we really look forward to that but just to say thank you once again no problem it's guys all the callers all the listeners thank you once again uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram YouTube Facebook all of that is all social all that social media is Raps on TV uh, pleasure as always enjoy the boxing and we'll be back next week take care guys take care everyone take care bye bye With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.